Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Auf Wiedersehen, auf Wiedersehen, auf Wiedersehen, auf Wiedersehen, auf Wiedersehen. Hello and welcome to another World Cup fracas episode. It's your boy Dan Coogs on hosting duty. Today it's a full house, man. I've got uh, Dave with me here from NSO. How you doing, Dave? I'm very good. I'm very good, man. I'm looking forward to this one. What a day to be alive. What a day to be recording. My gosh. You must have bro. I don't like this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got Babs 98 from Chessia. How are you doing, my man? Oh, brother. T- t- today, t- today I feel Japanese. <laughs> I'm sure you do, you anime niggas. <laughs> <laughs> and we got my namesake, German Dan. Commiserations to you, my friend. How are you doing? Hey. Hey man, I'm here. I'm I'm gonna fight for my life. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, action packed day of World Cup football. To be honest, um, you know the evening games had a lot of drama, and I think you know this World Cup has really delivered on the drama um, for you know the last few game weeks. And so, you know, let's get let's get straight into it, Dan. I wanna I wanna start with the evening games because I think that's where. Um, you know, emotions got high. Dan, you've obviously got a vested interest in the results as they happen today. So I know you were watching that um, Germany game. So uh, let me just even recap it and let's look at, I think it was Group E um, and how that how that group ended. So I think it was Japan going through on six points, um, Spain in second on four, Germany also on four, Costa Rica on three, Germany coming third on goal difference. Obviously, Spain put seven past Costa Rica, which put them in a very, very strong position um, in that group. So, Dan, tell me the thoughts and and your feelings about that game as a Germany fan. Um, You're going into this game, you already know, you know, the game or, you know, our progression is dependent on the other result. So... From the off, I was like, okay, Spain score, let's see. I'm not sure. I was sure Japan, Japan would get at least one goal um, because I think they're a good team. But um, I was pretty certain we would win. Um, this German team is not serious, but, you know, Costa Rica are shit. So I knew we'd win. 
Um, so when you man were at me in the group, I was like, yeah, full time. Let me just let me just wait because I know we'll win this game, but I'm not sure what Spain are going to do because for them it doesn't matter. Like a draw, uh, you know, a loss, it doesn't matter. They're going through right because of the big goal difference. And I think this is why, um, and you know, we were talking in the touchline football chat, and you know, Dave, you were there, right? And I was saying I don't like this performance because for me it was sloppy one. Um, going forward and at the back sloppy. Yeah, we scored early, I think 10 minutes into the game. But you need to be up 3-4 in that game in the first half to put yourself in a really strong position that even if Spain are losing, can we get two, three more goals in the last 20 minutes to, you know, match them on goal difference, maybe go past them on goal difference? That's where my thinking is because once you fuck up in the first game, you know, you're kind of dependent on our results. And um, you have to put yourself in the best position, um, game management-wise. And when we go into half-time, 1-0, I was like, it's not enough. I know we'll win. I was sure also that Costa Rica would score, actually. But um, I-, I thought it would be like a 3-1, maybe a 4-1. So a 4-2 is not too far off. Um, I kind of thought that Costa Rica goals would be more um, consolida- <laughs> consolidation goals. I didn't think they equalised. Then um, flipping go-aheads. But, um, you know, I mean, that's the drama of the World Cup. I can't lie. This group has been very entertaining, um, you know, in terms of results, this group has been very entertaining. If I say, you know, after games that we've played, um, that the best game that we had was against Japan, which we lost, <laughs> it's just ridiculous to, to think about that, really. Um, I think we were okay against Spain. We probably should have won that game. Um, if you win that game, then again, you bring, you know, bring your, um, you, you take control of the situation. Not winning that game um, is a big, mis- a big mishap. We had the chances to do it. You have to hold that. It's as simple as that. Um, you can't be wallowing around. You know, Germany needs reform um, ahead of Euro 20. Um, is it 24? Yes, it's got to be 24. Need reform. The world and the US. Yeah, the US are at home. Their the only expectation mm-hmm. is to win that tournament and they need reform before that. So I need all the old guys, old guard. I need all of them out. Neuer out. Miller out. You know, I ain't got time. You know, they need to all be out. Yeah, for that for that tournament and they need to have a fresh team with more energy and ideas. Gundogan out as well. None of these guys should be sticking around Miller, Gundogan, Neuer out. Mm. Mm. So Germany's trying to oh, rip up the team. Mm. Trying to rip up the team from its roots. Yeah, yeah. Um... yeah, we have to. Mm. That's what so... we did for Euros 20... Yeah, 2000 Euros. I think we went out in the groups mm. or was it very early? It was in the groups, I believe. And they completely, you know, change the way they do um, the, um, you know, the the fast tracking of talents, the, um, the identification of talents, all that stuff. And then we had a period of probably 15 years where we were really, really dominant. Basically, always been in semi-finals. Um, so, you know, going out in a group once, I'm like, what the fuck? That's unusual because in my lifetime I've never seen that. Twice, that is very, very unusual. This doesn't, it hasn't happened in Germany's World Cup history. Um, you know, so. There, there needs to be drastic changes. Mm. How much blame do you put at the feet of um, the manager, right? Because obviously, Trevor Wilger, um, I think he was tipped to do, you know, quite big things um, with this German squad. Obviously, you know, the Bayern Munich connection, a few of the young Germans as well. So, you know, do you, do you look at the manager and say that there needs to be change there as well? I don't think there should be a change at um at the managerial level. Um and in terms of how we um select players and how we play football going forward for sure. And also the profiles of player that are getting prioritized 
think Germany need to move away. We we had a period where we were so good and so dominant, you could get away with playing fools nines and beating even bigger teams. We don't have that anymore. We don't have Kroos, Uzel, um, Schweinsteiger midfield, you know, dominating games. You know, the guys that we have are good, but then, you know, these guys are like certified world-class players and for a long time as well. So um, they need to move to what used to make Germany great. <laughs> and that was, um, you know, very physical, very organised uh, and ruthless. Um, at this moment in time, this Germany team is not ruthless. I think it's probably even a bit fragile mentally, whereas, you know, that's not something you associate with a, with a German national team at all. Um, you would actually say that they used to be probably a bit more... On, bit more um not as not as technical as the Italians, but um, you know, their mentality would be that we go on there and compete um for for the full 19. I just feel like this team has a lot of good players, but mentality overall is not there right now. I wouldn't change the coach, but I would change a lot of the players. Um and I think he he came in and he he kind of thought I need to rely on some of these older players because Louv took them out, but Louv was really, really bad um post um the Euros in 2018, I believe it was. He was just really, really bad. So, or was it 20? Yeah, it was 2020. And he was really, really bad. Um, you know, so I think he just wanted to get, you know, some of these Mullers, some of these guys back in to just get a bit of foundation. And I, it could have worked if Muller would have played better than, you know, zero out of 10. Um, I think in both, in all games, he missed big scissors. I mean, it's really unexcusable. If you if you watch Fulcrook today, if you even watch Havertz today, you know, these guys were way better than him and they played way less minutes. So um, mm. I think even just being a bit too stubborn on trusting like Miller and even Neuer, um, I think th these guys need to be um, siphoned out now and he needs to start trusting the younger guard. And then I think I don't think they'll be in a good enough position for Euro 2024. Mm. Yeah, fair, fair play, man. Dan, I think that was a balanced um, evaluation of the Germans. But, you know, I've got to tell you to hold that. Um, still as a team. Now Oshiman to come outside, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I need to see Oshiman do that. That you know, I touched that name I done from the ball coming from like eighty yards. <laughs> I need Oshiman to do that challenge. Oshiman completes that challenge. Boy. I'll get off his neck, and now you monkey dunk on me. I don't care, but anyone that, 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 that supports Oshiman, you monkey not. Hold on, hold on. Anyone that supports Oshiman, you monkey not comment my mentions or try at me in the WhatsApps. I'm telling you right now. Anyone that raised Oshima cannot do that. Anyway, go on. I'm, I'm hearing um, Dan, Dan Von Trump make Germany great again. Boy. Hey. <laughs> uh, that's that's a nice one, Dave. Yeah, so Dave, Babs, I'm going to let you guys get into um, the conversation here um, and, and, and just conclude on Germany a bit. So, like, what's your what's your thoughts and feelings um, on the way that that group ended? Because, obviously, I think... That was one of the more exciting groups um, coming into the final game week. Uh, we knew everyone had a chance of going through. And, you know, at one point uh, during, you know, both games, it looked like Japan and Costa Rica were going through number number one and two, you know. So uh, how do you evaluate, you know, the way that group ended with um, obviously Germany going out uh, at, at the stage? Babs, I'll start with you. Boy, the first I'm going to say is that these Germans, they have too much shame. They have way too... Because you see me, yeah? If I know I'm going out and I can lose and get Spain out as well, listen, man, I am dragging them down with me in on that very, very night. That very, very mm. night, I am dragging them down with me to the depths of hell. But yeah, <laughs> even still, look, looking at that, that group in, in, in totality, I, I think is absolutely inexcusable. You know, to lose to Japan, 
to struggle against Costa Rica in, in that manner. You know, I know obviously they had way more of the, of the better chances, but when you look at what, what was happening in the, in the midfield battle, constantly you had them losing their, their runners, you know, with, with Japan, like you, in, in Japan in the first game. Happens again in Costa Rica. And I think that's one thing that Germany missed a, a big, big, big time. I just don't think they have like that natural six that's going to like stop the midfield battles, you know, win their duels, you know, trap off the ball runners. I feel like they, they like that quite a bit. And it's weird. And it's, it's like what German dad said. This is like the softest German te- Germany team I've ever seen. And it's not really something you really, you know, accustom mm. yourself with when you they look at Germany teams over the years. Mm. They ain't got that Michael Ballack, that Schweinsteiger, right. the guy that will, you know, just stick a boot in. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's very, very weird. It's very, very weird. I mean, you, you, you look at them defensively as well. They were all over the place, you know. Obviously, you know I'm I'm familiar with Rudiger. He I think he had a, a bit of an up and down tournament. He had some highs, but then there were a couple like shaky moments. And I don't know. I just feel like they they lack real leadership at the back. Like you, you look at what they had, you know, with, with Hummels and Boateng, and even though they didn't really have the best of ends to their careers, you know, when when it when it when it was all said and done. But in their primes, you know, in that German defense, you knew you could always rely on them. And you look at this current Germany Germany defense, and you, you can't really rely on, rely on anybody there. You know, it's, it's a weird one. It's a really, really weird one. And I do agree with German that they're going to have to have like a big revamp. You know, just actually bring through the young guys now. You know, even stop something as simple as um following the um Euros. Was it the under twenty, under under nineteens? You know, even bringing in someone like a Ridley Baku. You know, a right back. I'm surprised that they, mm-hmm. they didn't even think about doing that. You know, even being a bit more you know boisterous and playing like an Adeyemi or Mukoko. You know, Thomas Muller. You know, come on, man, it's 2022. This guy's been 36 for the last 10 years. Like, <laughs> let's let's be serious now. He, he needs to go. Like, I understand that the last World Cup, when he wasn't brought through, it could be argued it was a bit too early. But at this point now, you have to be moving on. And I don't know. I don't know what Hansi Flick is doing because he's a manager that, as I think, is quite highly rated within the, the Touchline Media Group. So I think there's, I think a lot of questions have to be asked of him. You know, in terms of like the man- management, because even coming into the World Cup, um. Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you guys have been that amazing, you know, in terms of like your no, we, we, both we your football and performance and your actual results. Actually, we haven't lost. We hadn't lost a game until that Japan game under him. Mm. So, um, so he started really well. Um, and he was um he was he was using Havertz and um and Werner, um, and then for this for this tournament, I think he he kind of relied on experience too much on guys that are washed. Um, mm. so and I think that's what ultimately cost him. Yes, I agree with the midfield stuff. I think in midfield we we're probably a bit light. Um, there's a few guys that they probably could have still taken, um, but they left at home. But ultimately, I think the decisions that cost us and him are Miller um, playing all of the games and not playing well at Madness. all, and Madness. he's missed a number of yeah, he missed a, a number, number of good chances. And yeah, exactly. And then Sula at the back, like Sula, I mean, we know Rudiger can be crazy with it, but Sula is. He he's been he's been embarrassing himself in every game. He's he's decent on the he's a big man. He's kind of decent on the ball, not amazing on the ball, not an amazing defender. It's not enough, you know. Um, Bella Kotchap needs to be integrated. Uh, my my hope is for him to be signed by by Munich within a year or two. And if he does, then I'm sure he's going to be a mainstay in like that Germany national team. Because if he's our Southampton, I kind of have concerns if he's going to make his way into this team. It's quite difficult. It's, it's political um, because you know you you if you play for the big teams you start kind of thing and th- this is this is what it's like for most national teams to be honest. If you don't play Champions League football, you probably won't be in the starting eleven um, for a big European um, team. So um, I hope he I hope he can make his way in, but 
You know, he's he's relied on the wrong on the wrong guys, and there's more guys to come. So I'm not too disheartened for 2040 and 2024. But yeah. But you know, he needs to make these changes. Vids, Baku, they all have to come in, um, and then we can we can start doing something. So I've actually got a question for you, um, German. So. I'm I'm a big fan of Hansi Flick and I've just been called on a couple of group chats, you know, about him. So what what do you think he, he needs to do to really like bring this Germany team back into a major forward? I know he's obviously bringing in these younger guys, but do you agree with his, his approach play with Germany or do you think he needs to change any anything in that regard? I think he um I think he needs to have a strong core and I've said this on one of the spaces before. Um you know, World Cups and generally international tournaments are usually won by a strong defence and strong midfield. So, you know, Sula and Rudiger, that's not a strong centre-back pairing. It's not. It's just not. Um, you need to pair, um, you need to find a strong pairing here. And then in midfield, I didn't like the swapping around. So we had Kimmich playing one day in midfield. Then we had Goretzka with him one day in midfield. Then Gundogan with Goretzka one day in midfield. You need to have, a, well, who are your two? And make these guys work. Um, once you have that base, there's enough attacking talent, um, uh, uh, definitely in the wing and in the central areas that Germany have. And then you need to also rely on one, you know, dedicated centre forward. I don't like this false nine stuff too much um, anymore because I feel like you need a very, very, very technical team um, to to make that work. And when you, when it, when you don't have it, then you know you kind of just not doing much. You don't have a focal point. You kind of lacking ideas, lacking ingenuity. Um, so yeah, um, I think what he needs to do is find that strong base, and um, yeah, and and trust and and siphon out these old guys, man. Um, I I don't know what they did in preparation for these games because I'm surprised. Like, I felt like even today we started slow. I mean, we create chances because there's good players on the pitch and Costa Rica not that good, but we started slow. Then again, Japan, I thought we started kind of slow, then find our way into the game. We need to start games fast. Um, you know, Hansi Flick might have to take a look at what Arteta's doing over there. You know, <laughs> boy, <laughs> come come to the Emirates and get a, you know a run around. Let them find out what they're doing for, for sports performance, bro. Uh, we can help you over here, man. <laughs> Yo, are you man still here, man? <laughs> man, I just yeah, I, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Cougs. I think I think he's disconnected shortly, but. You know, I'll, I'll take it over from here real quick before he comes back in. So, um, over to you, um, David. So, what what were your thoughts on the, on the game in particular? The game, I think, for me, I was I was shocked that it got to halftime at one nil. <clears throat> like, there's there's no way you can take that risk of you know you know I say this even when I'm coaching. You can't let a team hang with you. You can't let a team because I think even at the end of the first half, Costa Rica had a little break that they screwed up or maybe even two or three that they kind of screwed up in the last 10 minutes. And that gives a team like Costa Rica confidence that they can get a, a, a quick goal, you know, first in, you know, first 10 minutes, second half, it, it writes the, the halftime speech for, um for, for, for the opposition. So I was shocked that Germany were playing with their food. It was just like, you know, no one wanted to really um, create anything of, of real note. It was Half chances, a little bit of magic from, you know, Musiala and kind of weaving through Nabri. Sane looked like he was on it, but at the same time, they would also fade, um, you know, for like five, six minutes. And it's just like, okay, the, the play's all going down one side. It, was, it became a little bit predictable all through the middle. No one's going out wide, no overlapping runs. It was just, 
it was a bit stale for me. And I thought, when you're in the situation that you're in, where one, not only do you need goals, but you're relying on the other team. You need to take more risks. And maybe that's not the German way, okay, <laughs> to take risks and to be that adventurous. But, like, it was one of the ones where I was, I was shocked to see that. But then that's been the story of the tournament, I think. You know, I think playing Müller, like, like German said, like it's been said already, playing Müller is it was been the massive mistake for me. It's made it's made the play just so one dimensional. Um and it's not because he's not a um, great player, it's just that he doesn't have it in his legs anymore. Um and I think that's kind of stifled um a lot of the play around him. It looked a little bit better today with Sane and Nabri. Um, but in the games leading up to this, you know, it was like I said, it was very reliant on moments of magic um to really create some decent chances. So where do they go from here? You know, this is the second time in a row they've been bounced out in the group stages. Like German said, we ain't never seen this before. You know, I'm, I'm older than most of you guys, I think. Um, like, I ain't never seen a German team look this inept at points. You know, like, they just didn't really have a clue of how to fix it and how to change the kind of momentum. Yeah, so I think... Yeah, I think you made some really good points there about, um, you know, not taking risks. Because I look at some of the guys that Germany did have in their squad. Um, Makoko, we didn't see him get any minutes this, this World Cup. I don't think Adiemi got um, any significant minutes this World Cup. Did uh, Julian Brandt um, didn't get significant minutes. And I think, you know, th- those three guys have, have looked... Um, you know, relatively lively this season. You know, they've got some dynamism, they've got some technique, creativity, um, blistering pace, um, if you're looking at the likes of Adiemi as well. And so, you know, you're looking at games where you need to break down the likes of Spain um, and go for a goal. Um, I thought Musiala, although he did look lively and creative in these games, you know, when it came to the final finish, um, it wasn't quite air for him. And I feel like Flick was probably a little bit too complacent um, in, in some of the team selections that he went for um, and, and just his attempts to try and win the game. I think that Germany did have a few weapons on their bench um, in, in in those early games, especially um, to really try and turn things around. But, um, you know, we didn't really see him go into his arsenal um, yeah, like, for, them. For, for me, like you've got, um, I think in the first game you played Havertz and Musiala. Now, both of those players, they like to get on the ball, they like to be creative, they like to drift in between the lines, whatever the case may be. If you got that, then you need full-backs that are going to be really aggressive. Who's the left-back? Is it Raum? I don't know how to pronounce his name. He looked shocking for most of this tournament. Like, And then on the other side, it wasn't much better. So it was like this imbalance, and it was almost like a kind of you know arrogance in the sense of, oh, it's fine, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. You know, we'll get a goal in you know in the second half will we'll, no one will be able to kind of you know keep us out for that long and I think they really need to start building a, a cohesive team I think the mix between the old and the new hasn't quite worked um well, well it clearly hasn't worked and I think you know they're gonna have to go back to the drawing board um pick who they're building around is it Missyala is it a Havertz is it you know what what style of player they're going for um um, on a personal note, with my connection to, to Jamal and everything, I, you know, it would be nice to see him go forward in the in the um, competition. But hey, he picked Germany, not England, so here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Ain't going to win shit neither, boy. Don't worry about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> listen, hey, hey, listen, man. What, you know what I can tell you, German Dan? They've got more shots than Germany at this point. Hey. Yeah. They've they got more yeah. what? They've got one more, more shots at this point of winning right now. They've got one know, more game good. at least. But um, but before before we move away from Germany, yeah, you, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, no, we ain't going nowhere. They got one more game at least. Yeah, when if Senegal do a drop on these man, I'm, I hope you man are not in the pub nowhere because you might get flogged. <laughs> 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 you man are Senegalese, bro. You man. Actually, I have another question for Dan. Right, so obviously you know we we've seen that in in this tournament that creativity is not Germany's problem. Um, I saw somewhere that in the group stages they've created by far and away their most XG. I think they generated 10 within the three games. So clearly it's not really a, a problem in terms of like actually creating chances. But where do you so within that midfield, right? And within that defense, who do you other than Bella Kochab? I know you said him at center back. So okay, primarily in the midfield, who do you think um Hansi Flick can bring in to bring some more stability and actually harden that core? Yeah, this is what um I was actually gonna follow up on um Dave's point because I think Germany have actually played, you know, well enough to go out of the groups, you know. But what that what what has cost them is one, as we said, Miller, in my opinion, him playing two significant minutes, and he's getting at the end of chances and missing them, um, and they're creating loads for him, um, and he's missing them, and then um, two, um, you know, that defensive fragility, which is which I put down to both Rudiger and um, Suda having a poor partnership, um, and then I also feel like there's that right back issue, which they didn't quite solve. They tried to do the Kara thing. Then they tried to do the Kimmy thing. They should have gone straight away, close the man, right back. He's a right back, play him there, you know. Him, or if you want to be very offensive, take Reed Lebaku with you, you know. But I feel like that experimentation didn't work. Um, and then in terms of midfield, I think, you know, it's, I, you would have, I would have gone into this tournament just replicating the Bayern Munich midfield. I would have gone into this tournament doing Kimmich and Goretzka, you know. Um, do do that that dude play them together, Musial and the ten, that trio plays for Bayern Munich. That's that's the core. Um Ginnigan is a very good player, and I've always liked him, but um I think international tournament you don't have especially for this one as well, you don't have the time to find chemistry or do a lot tactically. You don't have it. You have to find a team that has synergy already. So play the guys that know each other, um, and play them in the in, in their best positions and then get a cracking. So um I would have gone with that. But going forward. I think there's there's talent coming through. I think even a player like Neuhaus, he could have done something at this tournament, to be honest, playing the midfield, you know. Um, so um, you know, I, I just feel like that that dynamism that you usually anticipate or you know, usually expect with a German midfielder, like the likes of Balak, the likes of Schweinsteiger, the likes of you know, going back Matthias Sammer, Lothar Matthäus, and there's always a German midfielder that is very dynamic going up and down the pitch, you know. And um, you don't quite you don't quite get that with them at the moment because they're so focused and so heavy on the passing and the domination, which I get. But um, and they you know they create chances, but if you don't take them, you also need like you know another plan. Um, and I think especially in that Spain game, I felt like if Germany had a midfielder that had that that type of dynamism, I think would have pumped Spain. You know, I mean they they scored a goal and we got a couple of chances. They had a couple of chances, but this is the type of game where I feel like. We can't, you can't match them technically. That's their culture. You know, what is Germany's culture? Running over, man, and barging them out of the way and blasting into the, into the, into the, into the, into the net. So not doing that, you know, um, we, we got to start doing that again. The machine. Yeah, exactly. Bro. So, yeah, so moving on to the other, um, 
half of the group. Uh, the other game was Japan versus Spain. Japan winning 2-1. Um, so toppling the Giants, topping the group, um, beating Spain and Germany en route to doing so. So I think they've had a very impressive tournament so far, um, which is kind of surprising to me because, you know, this man, the Japan manager, um, he's not necessarily inspiring a lot of confidence in me uh, when I'm seeing some of the lineups that he's putting out. He's leaving his hitters on the bench and, and like basically the substitutes are winning a lot of matches for them. Um, in the first game, Mitoma, uh, Tomiyasu, I think, changed the game against Germany. Asano as well. Big, Asano as well, yeah, made big impact off the bench. Um, and in this game as well, a similar thing with Doan coming off the bench um, and scoring. And, and I think it was Mitoma that got the assist as well for um, for the second goal here. So, you know, Japan, I think rightly topping the group, um, beating the Giants. So I, I want to I wanna ask a question um, to you guys about Spain, though, right? Because they started on fire 7-0. I think people had them as an outside chance of winning the... Um, winning the World Cup, but um, after seeing that seven 0 win against Costa Rica, I think they became, um, you know, some 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 people's heavy favourites to to potentially go all the way. So after the game against Germany and now the game against Japan, um, how good do you think this Spain team really are? Um, and I'll start with you, Dave. I think that's a tricky one. I think the thing I do like about Spain is that up front they do have the option B. You know, whether it be Morata, if Morata's on the bench, he's an option B, he's more of a direct player. Um, he's definitely not a force line, um, which means if, if he's not starting, then they're probably starting with Asensio in the middle or, or Torres or whatever, who are not natural out-and-out strikers, um, if at all. So I think having that plan B, and I think that that's what worked. You know, I think, was it Morata came off the bench to score against Germany? Um, but at the same time, I just feel like when it doesn't work in the midfield, it really doesn't work. And a lot of these um, World Cup games that we've seen so far, it is all about the midfield. You know, I know we'll speak about Croatia later on, but like, if you can get that midfield humming, then then yeah, and I'm not sure Gavi and Pedri, as, as great players they are, I'm not denying their greatness. I think this might be a tournament a bit too early for them in terms of bringing their team all the way. I feel like, I don't know what their route is, so, you know, they, they could maybe have a lucky break here and there. I can see them get to the quarterfinals, um, but I'm, I'm not sure, I don't know, I just, I just, I'm not quite sold yet. Um, the Costa Rica result, I mean, we've seen how Costa Rica can defend, and, and it's horrible. Um, so, 7-0, cool, fine, you know, we, we wipe that out, but look at Germany, look at Japan. Japan, at times, really just just got on the ball and just started doing just just really pushing them back and and yeah I'm not I'm not quite sure they've got enough um even just physicality in the middle to really dominate games when it when it goes tough when it's one one and you've got 20 minutes left and you just need five minutes breathe breathing to just kind of get a bit of momentum and reset you know maybe you know you've just conceded or whatever the case may be I'm not sure they've got that um in their locker at this stage. Um, but it's exciting for if you are a Spanish fan, you know, they've got the talent coming through. Like I said, Gavi, Pedri are great talents. Um, and I'm sure we'll see them shine in future competitions. But I think this one might be a bit too early for them. Mm. Yeah, fair play, man. And I think, um, you know, to German's point earlier around, um, you know, using that Bayern field uh, for Germany, I think that's what Luis Enrique's tried to do um, and lean into for, for Spain, playing that Barcelona trio of, 
Busquets, um, Gavi, Pedri. And I think in this game especially, and I think you saw it a little bit in the Germany game when um, Flick did start Goretzka in there, um, it was a lot harder for them to, I think, dominate physically and in the duels that, you know, Japan have got a lot of PMP, you know, they've got a lot of sprinters in that team and they are technically a very sound team as well. So, you know, once they've got people running in behind, running in around um, that midfield as well, I think it was quite difficult for Spain to continue to to play their game. Um, I think they've now come in second in that group. Um, they've now moved over to England side of the draw, actually, which um, does make it uh, a little bit interesting. Um, so I think they could potentially meet um, England in the in the semi-final um, if they were to get that far. But, you know, I think um, it's quite interesting watching Sergio Busquets play um, now in 2022. I think they were saying that he's 34 years old. He won his first um, World Cup age 21 um, way back in, what's that, 2010, um, I think it was. So, you know, you're looking at him now and you're saying, is he a little bit past it? We've seen him in the Champions League get blamped. Um, in the group stages at times. And I think you know, it's probably one tournament too far for Sergio. Um, but Babs, good to hear your thoughts on, on this Spain team as well. Yeah, I think my, my first thoughts were actually going to be around that midfield. Um, I agree that playing three players that play with each other at club level is always going to be a big benefit chemistry-wise. You know, Gavi and Pedri, they've got a really good and spatial understanding and they know where to be when Busquets is playing. You know, they know if they know if Busquets is going to need a, a, an extra hand if he's under pressure or if they can venture a bit further forward and help, in, help out the attack. But for me, I think it's more than time for them to move away from Busquets, you know, and actually bring Rodri back into midfield. I think Rodri was, he was, he was confident in, in centre-back against, um, was it Costa Rica, but there's still yeah. loads of angles which he's not going to be used to playing in, 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 in the centre-back role that he's going to be a lot better off playing in the midfield and just having natural natural centre-backs there. I think you also lose a block in terms of like his quality playing in the midfield, but I get what he's doing. But my, my, my main worry is just the fact that with tournament football, anything can happen. So mm. it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, they're going to go far, but it's all about what side of the bracket you fall in now. You know, you look at where they are now, um, Spain, so they're going to play Morocco. I mean, they'll then play against them, the winners of Group H or um, the, the second from um, Group G. So likely they're going to play Portugal. And if you look at it on paper, Portugal have a far better lineup than them. But when you look at the football and the quality of football played, you'd expect Spain to win that game. And then what happens after that is you're potentially playing France England, or France. England, you know, in, in a worst case scenario. And, and from there, you never know. But for me, I think one thing that Spain do you like is that like actual sense of urgency in their attack. I think they have a guy like Ansu Fati who can offer them a real dynamism out wide up front and they've been yet to use him. I know they've used them Nico Williams today, but I just don't think he's anywhere near the level of Ansu Fati and I don't think he's really shown much in the World Cup so mm. far to actually show that he actually deserves a start. Um, not just that, but then you also look, you know, in their midfield again. Um, I'm a big fan of Gabby, but I don't think he's been particularly impressive this World Cup. So no. I'm a bit worried about what happens when they actually come up against like a, a better midfield. You know, because even against Germany, I don't think they were more impressive than Germany in the midfield battle. I just felt that Germany just didn't take their chances when it really didn't matter later on later on in the game. You know, Leroy Sane, for instance, going late, you know, deep deep into the box and trying to go around the keeper for God knows what reason. So when they do come against a, a, an actual serious midfield eventually, I'm a bit worried about how they're going to deal physically, one, because they can be overran. 
and two, when they've actually facing guys that are at their technical level, because we've already seen that against Germany and they haven't really like shown and blown the world apart. So that's my rivalry Spain, you know, in, in the midfield. But you also look at them in defence. Paul Thomas, you guys know I do not like that guy. He's not a serious <laughs> centre-back. This, this guy is there to be gotten at. You know, I, I just really think, I really think they lack that leader that they had, you know, in, in, the, in the likes of Sergio Ramos, PK, Puyo. You know, a lot, a lot of people, you know, I, I think people, I think the older I've gotten, right, the more I've started to understand why people talk about leaders at the back. Because if you look at the Spain defence, I'm not sure who's really, you know, orchestrating the defence. They looked a mess against Japan. Yeah. <laughs> this is Japan. Bro, what's going to happen when you have to play against the Brazil when, when Neymar's running down, running down at you? You know, who's yeah. really going to be organising that defence? Unai Simon. Boy, did you guys Keeper. see his goalkeeper today? Keeper. Did you guys see his goalkeeper he's... today? We grew up watching Ica Casillas and they've got this guy in goal. Boy, he's looking scary, man. And I know um, Luis Enrique sent the Hayar retirement letter, but at this stage, they may have to be apologising to him because he's probably a better option than him. But yeah, you know, then, then again, you know, you look at their attack and not just in terms of the diamonds, but their goals. I know Matos come off the bench and he scored goals, but I don't know if you, but about you guys, I just don't see enough goals in, in that attack. And mm. I just feel like there's so many holes in that Spanish team that if they play against a team, you know, like a Brazil who are a lot more well-structured, and I actually think they're the best team in the World Cup, you know, both defensively and offensively, how are they going to deal with that kind of team? Because I can see them getting absolutely blown out of the water. Yeah, definitely, man. And I think, you know, what's interesting is on that Morata point, that his, um, his Spain record is actually very good. I think he's got 30 goals. Mm, he's 30 goals now, in 60 games. 60 appearances, yeah. yeah. And um, he's up to fifth now in their all-time um, top goal scorers. Uh, lists and I think that was his, his his sixth goal or something at major tournaments for for Spain. So he's a tournament player. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's, he's yeah. quite sharp for them. He's quite he's quite sharp for them. So you know, I definitely think you made some some really valid points there uh, about Spain. And I think you know, if you are another top team and you're looking out. For you know who who you might end up playing, I don't think that teams will be, you know, necessarily quaking in their boots at the prospect of playing Spain. Um, but as you said, Babs, you know, it's tournament football; anything can happen, really. So you yeah, that let you come I, 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 I kind of agree with you, man, and disagree with you, man, because I feel like Spain were just super sloppy today. Um, I looked at that lineup; I was like, that's why I said, boy, this is up to God, man, because they're playing Bolde, they're playing Nico Williams, they're playing. Paul Torres, like, I looked at that line and I was like, yeah, there's a couple of players in there, but it just seems like, you know, mentally going to that game, like, they don't need to win kind of thing. That's how they approach mm -hmm. that game, I feel. Um, and now they're on the um, on the side of the draw where they can have, like, some tough games coming up, really. Uh, so they need to hold that. But I think this is one of those teams that, if in, if in, I like that Enrique was very, like, um, you know, dogmatic in who he took. But the one mistake that I think he's made and which Bob's has talked about is that, you know, leaving Ramos at home because I feel like you d I don't think he gives himself the flexibility of taking in some games, like when you need someone like Rodri in midfield, doesn't give himself the flexibility to take Busquets out, put Rodri in midfield and then have Sergio Ramos and Laporte at the back. That's strong. Like, Laporte, I don't think Laporte played today. I didn't see him no, um, starting. No, so, it, like, was, um, yeah, it was Rodri and Paul Torres. See, so like, Laporte and Ramos at the back with Carvalho right back and Jordi Alba left back is still strong. And then if you have Rodri, uh, Gavi and um, Pedri midfield, and even if you want a bit more, you know, physicality, you just slap Koke in there. 
that's that's that you know you can work against teams and I think Spain are super technical. Like when we played against them, I just thought, okay, they just have the ball all the time. When we have it, we can hurt them, but it's hard to get the ball off them. And I think our midfield is quite good, and they usually completely dominate teams, um, even mm. even other bigger European teams. So, um, you know, I don't like a team like Portugal. I don't know how they're going to cope against Spain because they won't have the ball. Um, you know, they won't have the ball. I don't think they have the midfield mm. to cope with Spain. But then in transition, do you, think that plays, do you think that kind of like plays? Yeah, do you think that kind of plays into Portugal's hands though? Because on yeah, transition, boy, yeah, playing against that defense, then we just mm. it does. Uh, and I think if you know if you if you start someone like Liao in that game, then it's 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 rap city for that that Spain defense to the rest. What's he gonna do? He's gonna look he's gonna look you in the eye and, and, and you know try hypnotize you. <laughs> How about some dribbles, brother? These guys standing there for twenty seconds, looking man in the eye, like you know the bad bees in the club when they're just looking at you, like move to me, nah, bro. <laughs> I'm good. Buy me a drink. That's how they are dribbles, man. I need more intensity from a white man. He's saying calling. He's calling Liao a table rat, man. It's crazy. It's crazy, bro. Tell tell your man to fatten up, man. Tell him to come to the club with some money, bro. I hear looking at my, the that my girl, man. That's, that's, that seems to be Babs's guy, though, from If You Believe the Ladies. Hey. Yeah, one to watch, man. One to watch. For sure. Um, I, I must say, though, I must say the Spanish, um, the, the way they pressed in the German game was ridiculous. When they lost the ball mm. in, in the opposition half, I was yeah. like, what? I thought they had, it looked like they had the next two players on the pitch. It was mm. ridiculous. And if, if they, you know, if they're going to do that, then they, it minimizes the threat of the transition. I feel like they know, okay, we may not be as solid you know, at the back, because we've got maybe a Rodri playing there. I mean, today they had Aspie playing there. Lord help us. Um, God damn. So I think, you know, they, they, they know they have to win the ball high up, and then obviously they do the whole rotate position, blah, blah, blah. But it, it looked very, very, very good um, and very dominant. It's, it sets a platform for Gavi and Pedri and their, their use of space to kind of, like, start, you know, new attacks and whatnot. So, yeah, I th- like I said, I think they'll be fine. I just don't know if they've got enough in the tank to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't see them winning it. I just don't think they've got maybe just just on the side of experience. You know, like you know, for us NBA fans, you know, you got to have a couple playoff losses before before you kind of cut your teeth. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, yeah. But well, you, you know, say they, they don't have that Al Horford in the in the dressing room. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, they got Aspie though. That's him, nah. <laughs> hey, you're right, you know. Yeah, they got us. Oh, yeah, we give me that. We give me that. Give me that. Hey, <laughs> yeah, man, all of these, all of these basketball re- references go straight over my head, man. But bro, you, <laughs> you, you, you're, on a, you're on the pod with a durag on, bro. Show some respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god! Right. So, um, just looking at the knockouts, so the ties that have already been decided from the group. Um, that were decided today. So we got Japan playing Croatia. Um, in the next round, we got Morocco playing Spain. So um, who do you guys back to come come through? Are we gonna we talk about the, the Belgium the Belgium game? Oh no no no! We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna we're get, gonna get there. Okay, hey, listen, man. Don't don't worry about it. You're gonna get some. You're gonna get some. You're gonna get some. We're gonna get time to eat, man. There's plenty to go around. There's plenty to go around. But yeah, no. So what do you what do you guys reckon? Um, who 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 goes through those ties, man? Because the way Japan have been playing, I can see them causing Croatia some some money on Japan, bro. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, like, 
you know, I watched the Croatia game earlier, and as much as I'm, I'm a big fan of them and, and the way they play, I can see Japan springing something. And it's interesting, like, could we all like, oh, Japan, you know, they, they've got through the group stage and, it's, it's you know, they've done that four out of the six uh, last World Cups. They've got out of the group stage. Like, they they know how to navigate those first three games to get to this point. Now it's a case of do they have anything more? Um, and I think Croatia might be even the better matchup for them in the sense that they just know if they go super physical, super aggressive, I'm not sure some of these men, <laughs> I've seen Perisic in, in the Prem. I've seen him up against, you know, people who just go direct and just just run at him and, and give him give him something to think about. So, yeah, man, I think it could be a long, long, long one, game. One, one, one dizzy in that old man's knees, man. He's, just, he's screaming out my back. All right, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. But yeah, no, it, yeah, I think Japan will go through. Well, I, I can see Japan going through. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and who was it? Was it um, Spain and Australia? Morocco, Spain. Morocco. Oh, yeah, Morocco, Morocco, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Ooh. You know what? Listen, listen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. Yeah, of all the teams that I've seen the World Cup, pound for pound, Morocco have been the most impressive to me. When you look at the players that they have available, yeah, you look at the players that have available. One, you look at the fact that this is the manager's like seventh game managing the team. Like this, this guy Habibi Pep. This guy he only just came (laughs) into the into the setup. (laughs) Of recent, <laughs> listen, this guy made us be a tactical genius. <laughs> he may just be a tactical genius. He absolutely dominated against Belgium. I felt against Croatia that they should have won that game as well. You know, you look at the football they're playing, the brand of football they're playing is very positive. They're pressing from the front. You know, they've got technical players all, all, all around the place. You've got Amrabat in the hole, you know, dictating play. You've got Mazarawi and Hakimi overlapping. I've been really impressed with them, you know. I've been really impressed. Yeah. I, I haven't really seen many weaknesses. Today was um actually their first goal they've conceded under the, under this manager. So this goes to show you that this is a team that actually has defensive principles, but not just that they can actually attack. So pound for pound, they've actually been one of the most impressed teams. So I wouldn't be surprised if they spring a, spring an upset against Spain. I, and I'd love that. I'd absolutely love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think I, I think I, I would like it and and I think I deserve. Yeah, I deserve it. Telling you. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Let's um, let's talk about um, Group F today, right? Because I think um, you know it was some interesting games. I was you know spending my time focused on the, the Canada Morocco game, and I'll tell you now, the keepers were having an absolute stink off in that yeah. match. Um, the, the, some of the stuff that I was seeing from from both of them were was just frankly ridiculous. Um, and the other game, it just didn't seem uh, too exciting to me. You know, I've been very very disappointed with Belgium. You know, there's there was a talk of discord in the camp. Um, you know, with uh, people getting called old, Lukaku breaking up fights, whispering in players' ears, and then um, you know uh, he, he he had um, what can only be like God. calmly described as a disaster class in front of goal. I don't think. Um, sorry, sorry. I'm so I'm so sorry to disturb you, but on my life, I have not seen a worse performance. <laughs> I have not seen a worse performance. I was going to say the World Cup, but I, I just can't think of a worse performance. He missed four big chances in the space of twenty odd minutes. Brother, right, some people ain't even getting four big chances in a game. He had four. Brother, Harry Kane hasn't even had four big chances in the tournament. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. The first, the first one was at 60 minutes. Because I, I made my notes. I was like, yeah, I got the pod later. Hey, guys, listen, this is big leagues, right? I'm looking, I see Lukaku covered. I was like, all right, cool. And I see the first one, 60 minutes. Then I saw the second one, 63 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I stopped making notes. I was like, I was just enjoying it for the bands. Boy. <laughs> what is going on? It, it was frightening. It was frightening. And um, it was actually something that I was actually discussing with one of my friends who's a basketball fan. And is within basketball, we, we speak a lot about footwork, you know, in terms of like the, the top level players, you know, they're able to set their feet in the right spots, you know, the, and that just allows them to get by the players, you know, put them in good scoring positions. But Lukaku to the heel like an absolute mess. You know, he, sometimes he's have his left leg behind his right. Other times he's facing the wrong way. And, and it's just so, so weird, you know. And, and, and it's actually kind of symptomatic of what you think of Lukaku, the fact that he is just a transition striker. And when he's actually having to play with his back to goal or facing the goal and having to be an actual, like, focal point, he just becomes an absolute, absolute mess. But I just couldn't imagine it being to this degree because missing the chance that he missed is absolutely unforgivable. Absolutely unforgivable. For me, it's the fact that he missed them and when the game was done, had the temerity, the unmitigated goal to go up to Thierry Henry. <laughs> of all the players, if I was you, Lukaku, I would walk past him. I would not talk to him for six months. I would delete his number, make sure he has to come back to me. I would not... Well, nah, that was disrespectful. That was disrespectful. Henry unmitigated goal. I like that. I like that. He, he, he takes... Only takes your training, do you know what I mean? Shooting practice, and you come with that stink fest. Hey, mm. brother. Hey, I can only, I can only, I, David, I can only, I'm sorry, but the streets are saying that's that's the that's the that's the Henri playbook, you know, the big game, you know. <laughs> Boy, they're saying they're saying that's the Henri hey, playbook. I I was thinking too much. I'll leave it, I'll leave it there. I'm trying not to open up the NSA playbook. I'm cooking up something nice over there, bro. And I'm just trying to make sure that Cooks, Cooks, make sure you're eating some of that. Because I remember you told me Lukaku downloaded the fl- Slim John hey. Slim Fit D. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I weren't invested in that, yeah. I weren't invested in that. But um, you know what, Babs, I'm gonna tell you to relax because any more any more mention of uh Henri's record, um in big games, I might have to keep your mic permanently muted. So, so yeah, let's like because to be honest, looking at the the lineups for the two games, it seemed you know like uh, it was basically who can get those final drips out of their golden generation, you know, um, those those final morsels of of you know workable uh, sign to get them through to the to the next round. Because I'm looking at the Croatian lineup, I'm still seeing. Dejan Lovren, um, you've obviously got Luka Modric there, I think, at the ripe old age of 30, 37, 38. Um, Ivan Perisic, we've spoken about him as well. But for me, Croatia still had a few um, younger players that are still coming through. I think uh, Vardio had a great game um, in the end, some some great, uh, basically, game-saving tackles towards the end of the game. Um, but I'm looking at that Belgian team and... I'm really just seeing no hope, man. These are the names that I've been seeing since, you know, FIFA 12 when I was back at uni. Um, I'm seeing Toby, Alderweireld, Jan Vertonghen, combined age of over 70 at the back, Dries Mertens, you know, um, who's got that Ian Wright meme? You know, I thought, I thought they told me you were dead. 
you know. You know, he's come out of he's come out of nowhere um, to start this match. Axel, Pitzel, you know, uh, it's just terrible, um, terrible, terrible stuff. And Ferrer Carrasco, I think this guy he went to China and has come back to Europe, um, and he's still starting in World Cup. So you know, I think Belgium. They were basically asking for trouble with the squad that they picked. Um, any team that starts Dendonka in midfield is not going to prosper um, too much. And I'm, I, for one, I'm not very surprised that they crashed out um, in the group stages. You know, you, you heard Hazard and um, Kevin De Bruyne say this week, you know, they're, just, they're too old. You know, and I think when your your two best players um, on paper are telling you that, you know, we're too old to make it through, I just think, you know, that just says... The, the team spirit's not really there. They don't really have faith in their own ability. And I think that's shown um, in this in this tournament, you know. And I think, you know, when you're giving your golden generation to uh, Wigan manager Roberto Martinez, um, there's there's not really much hope for you Can um, I just in general, to be honest. Can I speak on that real quick? Go for it, Dave. Martinez is one of the most overrated managers I've ever come across in the game. Mm. Right? <clears throat> I don't rate him at all, right? And, and there's reasons, but for me, yeah, to give your golden generation to him when he's he's proved nothing at the top level, okay. I actually think KDB looks like he doesn't. He don't rate man. The way he looks and the way he carries himself. But now we we can talk about KDB's big game record work and stuff. But I just think he goes. I've gone from Pep Guardiola to Wigan man. <laughs> like the drop off in managerial style and everything. And then you know you can even look at the whole. Um, coaching team, they don't have a great coaching record as a group. You know, Henri's coaching record wasn't great. Like, it's just it's so it's it's a travesty that all these good players or great players in some some respects were given over to a manager who I don't think he knew what to do. And that's why I've never rated this Belgium team as as anything. They were, they were always a dark horses. Do you know what I mean when they had the talent that they had? They've always had dark horses. But they never, for me, never really proved it. And I always put that down to the manager. But yeah, that's my little run on the managerial mm-hmm. side of it. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dan, I'll let you, I'll let you come in on this, on this Belgium chat, to be Because when they, when they really go from now, because I'm looking at their talent that they have coming through. Um, you got uh, Albert Sambi Lokonga, you know, hot, highly <laughs> rated. Um, <laughs> Boy. I can't even get rid of him. You got, you got, uh, you got but you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of the, you know, sort of the, the, the highly rated talents that they have. You know, Jeremy Doku, um, who I think he came on today and did general Doku stuff, sort of dribbling, but not really looking, you know, very in control of the ball. You got the Charles. The Catalair, um, I think his name is at AC Milan. Yeah. I think he's not doing very well over there. Um, and and other than that, I'm not sure if they've got these, you know, names that can really live up to, to some of the guys that we've seen come before them, man. So where do they really go from here? Dan. Yeah, before before I touch on Belgian, you know, quick word on Croatia um and um Jesko Gravidol. And I think you know, he's shown that he, he looks like a really, really, you know, young and top 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 defender um and you know i kind of want to bring it back in if you guys are fans of batman you 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 know this quote that like the mask is not for you the mask is for the to protect the people that you love or the people that you hold dearly right (laughs) this is the tale of two men 
Yosko Guardio put his life on the line. Look at the way he's playing for his country, you know. And the mask has enhanced him. And then we look at a human son, and he brought Chen to his Speak on it, brother. Speak on it, brother. Human son, let his country down. Let his country down. Let his country down. German, I was nice earlier. Son's dad was right, man. Yeah, he's got a whole. That's never lying. You know, I had to get off my chest. I know to I know Tobias is listening. Hold that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my life. Uh, oh, I'm Belgian. You know, you know, I don't I didn't get what KDB was saying. We're too old. You're not that old, bro. <laughs> they could have risen it one more time, you know. But going forward, I do think that this is gonna be one of the nations, it's gonna be a bit peak for them. You know, they had re- really like world-class players like the center backs, Bertong and Adaverald. The, the keeper, Courtois, in midfield, even like De Bruyne, you know, um, Dries Mertens, uh, you know, Hazard, they had top, top class players. And I think that World Cup where they finished third, I believe, um, beat England twice. Um, yeah. So they did their job for, for what I needed them to do. Um, and that, that was probably the, the height for them. And um, they're, they're going to have to wait another 10, 15 years to, to see if they're, it's going to be another crop of very, very talented players. I think at this moment in time, I don't think they're going to be a nation. I think it's going to be a bit similar to what the Dutch used to have. Um, and obviously the Dutch production line was a lot more potent and a lot longer. Um, but they used to go into tournaments and have like really talented teams and not achieve much. And then um, and then get close, not achieve you know the final bit. They never got it over the line. And they really are like the... They're the, they're, I think when you talk about golden generations that didn't achieve anything, it's the Dutch that you have to look at mm. first. They had real, like real golden generations, like throughout the yeah, whole yeah, team. Yeah. So um, I feel like you know for Belgium, it's just gonna it's one in one in the blue moon. We've not seen them have that before, and I, I don't see the production line, um, um, you know, coming through being strong enough to to be able to compete in the up our upcoming years. You know, so it's a bit peak for them, but you know, um, it's, it's a I think it would have been nice if you'd have seen someone like them win it because I, as I said, I don't believe in dark horses because the World Cup never, never was won by a dark horse. Whereas you know the Euros you can win, but the World Cup usually not. Um, maybe this one is different. We've seen so many upsets already, um, but I just feel like the big ones always win. It's probably going to be Argentina or Brazil. So Belgium just got to hope they they'll be back in like 10, 15 years and win a young Euros or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's noticed, but like the, with that Belgium team, like a large part of the spine of that team were playing in the Prem, in you know what is regarded as one of the best leagues, you know whether you call it the best or one of the better leagues. The pace is a lot more, it's more physical, etc. Et so you had Toby and Jan. Obviously at, at club level they played together, so the partnership was just legit on that sense. Obviously De Bruyne was in England, Lukaku was in England, Courtois was in England, Hazard was in England, like. You had this, it's like you know, the um, ultimate team, the <laughs> next level chemistry. Where Dembele as well in midfield, right? Say again. Dembele in midfield as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dem- yeah Dembele, and then obviously you now T elements coming through, or whatever. But I just feel like they they've lost this some kind of underlying strength that they had that we saw in 2018, which got them through to that third place finish. Um, and it could be just you know just age and attrition. You know, Toby's now playing for I think his hometown team. I don't even know where Toby is. Um, 
The Chung's obviously still trying to put a shift he's in. A, he's at Antwerp. Yeah, come on. Like, that's what, you know, I don't know what level that's at. So, <laughs> you know, you can't that's go from Antwerp I mean, that's to that's big, big the fair diamond. And, and yeah, yeah, it is. Isn't that that time where there's hella diamonds and snatch? And, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I just think too many players are over here. <laughs> we, see, we see the circle German moves in, man. Intercontinental Daniel now, so hey. expected. My guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a fool, man. There <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they've yeah, only yeah. finished. It is, it is interesting. What no, no, yeah, I, I just think yeah. it's done. I think it's done for them, man. Mm. I think it's done. So, um, but yeah, like that like German said, uh, the next generation, boy, if you're relying on T elements to be dominating games, then try again, brother. Um, mm. it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know where they go from here. And, and like, you know, Holland have you know, academies, the academies full of all these players. I don't know if Belgium has that. Belgium, I think, lucked into this golden generation. There wasn't a plan like you had with Spain. There wasn't a plan like you had with Germany. Um, even England, you know, a plan of, you know, going straight to the grassroots and saying, this is the style of play we want, you know, you know, St. George's Park, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if Belgium have that. And, you know, Martinez tried to talk about, you know, they're bringing through players behind them. But, but you know, when Toby and Yana are done, who's your, who's your imperious centre-back? You know, like, I just don't see it. So it's going to be a long time, I feel like, till we see Belgium coming back to any sort of relevance in the same way they have been for the past, you know, five, mm-hmm. ten years. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And just looking to the other game, um, that was Morocco versus Canada. Um, Canada uh, lost all three games um, at this World Cup. Um, I think they're now joint with El Salvador on six World Cup losses in their history. Um, so not very impressive by Canada, to be honest. And I think the first game, um, they were quite plucky. Um, you know, they showed uh, some fight to, against Belgium. But, you know, I think quality showed in the end in that one. But I've not been too impressed with Canada, to be honest. Um, you know, when I'm seeing Junior Hoylet starting for them, um, I wasn't really expecting an awful um, lot. Junior Hoylet started for them, and he's been their best player. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I wasn't I wasn't expecting much from them. They got their goal uh, today against Morocco, which was an own goal, which probably fit in for Canada's um, performance at this this World Cup. I'm not sure if anyone has actually you know sort of deserved to to really score for them. Um, what have you guys made of uh, Alfonso Davis in this sort of free um, left wing inside he's a left forward back. role that he's been Wait. that he's been playing for Canada? Man, he, he, he needs to lie, man. He needs to lie, man. You're, you're not, you're not John Obi McCall. You, you, you can't, you can't run the point for your team internationally. You, we, you look, you're, you're a sixth man for your club. Stay like that for your nation, man. You, you're not, you don't have the capacity. Like I've seen this guy. Little, he could do a little David Albert thing for like he does for Bro, Australia. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and I, and I feel like at any level of football, when you try to over rely on one player. It's just not going to work because teams are just going to actually just out, just mark them out the game. And that's exactly what Morocco did today. You know, Roman Saiz on, on that side of the fence. They just literally took him off the game. You know, they had an extra man there, you know, to, 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 to um, back up the defender, poke the ball away, straighten the car attack. Because at the end of the day, who else are kind of going to rely on to attack, you know, the, the ball going forward? Is it going to be, um, what's his name? Um, Larin? 
you know, it's not going to be him. It's not going to be Junior Hoylet. You know, it's not going to be him. What's his name? Buchanan or whatever his name is. Like these guys are meaty. You're I'm doing, not really surprised. You're doing much better than me pulling out these names, Babs. I can't lie to you. Boy, yeah, the only reason I know these names is because of FIFA. That's the only reason I know these names. I'm the same. I'm the same. That's the only reason I know these guys' names. I unpacked a couple the other day. I was like, oh, who? Boy, it's crazy because even when you look at them, their first game against Belgium for the first 45 minutes, they actually look, they look quite good. You know, they, they were mm. pressing them. You know, they were creating decent openings. Trust me. I've seen it up close Saturdays and 10 a.m. Touchdown Football Club. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, German, name names, man. Name names. Wow. Name names. Bro, they're playing like, I play for that team, but they're playing like us, bro. Hella naive, you know, hella PMP. <laughs> they're ice football. Bam. Hey. <laughs> I'm finished. Hey, Joe is actually savaging us, man. He's savaging us. Oh, God. No, I'm, tell I'm them lying, though. Tell I'm them lying. I know David Green. He's done lying. I prefer not to speak. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> couldn't even, we couldn't even coach to back us either, man. It's peak. Um, but, yeah. Uh, um, so, Babs, you were saying that you're very impressed with Morocco um, so far. So, how far do you think they can get in this tournament? You said they got Listen, man, I'm, I'm looking at this at the bracket, and I don't, I don't see them, I, I don't see them beating Spain. You know, as like, okay, I don't see them being favourites against Spain, but I can see them beating them if that makes sense. Mm. You know, I think they've got a lot of technical ability in, in their team, especially in their fullbacks. I think they will have the beating of um, Spain's front three. So uh, Masrawi and Hakimi. I don't really see Nico Williams and Danny Omo causing them much trouble there in particular. You know, you then look at them in midfield, you know, they're actually quite athletic. They're quite, they're quite, they've been quite impressive. Amabrat, you know, he's been dictating play for them. You know, I know him and his brother, you know, they've, they've been around for a couple of years. His brother at Watford, him, you know, moving around in, in this area, but he's been quite impressive. But then you look at their front three and El Nezri, like El Nezri, Ziyech and Bufal. Listen, Bufal against Aspi. You know, a couple of tricks here and there. El Nezri pinning, Pau Torres, you know, Ziyech, you know, cutting in and out, you know. Shisha smoking. I'm putting Shisha smoking Alba's face. Listen, man, I, 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 don't, I don't see why why they can't, you know, cause, cause a piece yesterday. I don't see why they can't. And personally, I'm going to be I'm gonna be supporting them. And I'm, and I'm really hoping they actually can cause the upset because that would be amazing for, for, for football. Hmm. Yeah. El Nezri had no, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, team like Mapo are really dangerous because they have players that are very talented, but for the club, don't give a damn. Mm. But for the country, they yeah. want to rise it. Boy, when you have someone... They're going to rise oh, it. I've never seen Ziyech run this much. Mm. Ziyech as well. Like, boy, these men want to rise it for the country. It's a different thing, man. It's the same as uh, when Mahrez was rising it for Algeria at, um, at AFCON. Like, when they want to play mm. for the country, it's a... All of a sudden, you've seen a new level of, of player, man. So, boy, mm. I hope, I hope mm. they got something for Spain. Man. They get, I'm, I'm they get serious, man. It's like, you know, when, you know, when you're playing cage ball with your, you know, your Arab mates and they're, they're trying to do the tricks and the flicks and that. But in the moment you say next goal wins, they dunk on a couple of men and slap it top bins. You know? so it's, the... <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the same. It's the, it's the same thing, man. So 
So, yeah, I think, you know, it's it's interesting because I think Morocco have always had um, a lot of talented players, but you look at some of the guys that they do have now, they, there are a few, you know, that playing for top clubs. You've got, you've got Mazraoui at Bayern, you've got Hakimi um, at PSG, um, and, you know, El Naziri, he was linked to a few, I think he's playing in Spain now at the minute. Is, is he at Sevilla, um, do I want to say? Um, yeah, he plays something like that. Yeah, so, you know, and yeah, he yeah, had yeah. a couple of good finishes today and I think one was very unfortunate to get um, chalked off for, for offside, you know, so he's he's sniffing the goals out at the moment, so yeah, definitely one um, for Spain to be worried about, so, you know, let's conclude with some listeners' questions uh, German, there, there's a few people coming out um, um, for your blood, right, so Tibbs 11, he says, German Dan with uh, six or seven exclamation marks right, I don't know, He just he, that's not even part of the question, he just said it um, and he said, fact, I'm sorry, bro. But yeah, my question is, will Ghana get it back in blood? <laughs> Man, these people, you know, this is why I know I do a good job. These people are on to me, bro. <laughs> this is why I know I do my job well, bro. In the group, I see when I at me, I'm like, damn. I'm really working hard, bro. <laughs> that, that, that said, damn. What did I do to make these niggas so mad? So mad. Anyway, what was the question? What was the question? Will, will Ghana get it back in blood? Boy, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. That I think that could be the game of the World Cup. You know, because mm. I. Watching that game, Ghana against South Korea, it was dramatic, man. And with, you know, qualification now on the line against Uruguay, you know, that historic, obviously, context. Suarez on the pitch, potentially. I I can just imagine this game being absolutely crazy. This, this is a must-watch. This is a must-watch. Mm. Yeah, Listen, I, man. I, I, you know, I don't know about you, man, but I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. Hey, do you know that clip? You know that clip, yeah, what this game is 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 slightly reminding me of. You know that clip that you see when um I think it was Emre Belazoglu when he was racist to um Didier Zakora in Turkey. When they're just yeah, kicking the then, shit out of him. And then the next game, the next game, yeah, they hey. savage this man. They savage this man. I know Suarez is gonna be getting hey. that treatment, man. I know he's gonna be getting that treatment. So I'm very, very excited to see this because I think mm. Ghana have actually um really surprised me. Personally, I think they've come a long way from um, when they were initially qualifying. I know they did a big, big recruitment drive um, to get a few of these guys in, you know, the, the likes of Salasu, um, your Tariq Lamptey's, um, Inaki Williams as well. Hey, Inaki Williams, that guy, that guy has been crap. That yeah, guy has terrible. been absolute ball crap up top. Did you, did you, did you see the, the way you missed the ball? My, my, my was oh. like, hey, look, 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 I did that on purpose to assist you in it. Brother, we, we see right through you. You are rubbish. This guy's an absolute <laughs> disgrace. Yeah, because I think um against um <laughs> I think against Nigeria in the qualifying, I really wasn't impressed with Ghana. I thought they looked very poor in AFCON as well earlier this year. I think they looked very, very poor as well. So I think they've actually come um a long way since earlier this year. They look in a much more um, sturdy outfit for me. I think they, they they have some attacking potency as well. Um, so I think you know Ghana, they can really cause Uruguay some serious problems um, in that match. I've not been impressed with Uruguay at all mm. um, in this tournament. They yet to score a goal um, at this World Cup as well. So Madness. you know, Hold I on, think, what? Yeah, 
Madness. Yeah, they haven't scored. Right. They haven't scored yet. Because so, they two goals, they haven't scored a single goal. Yeah, and, so and you I know think... what, right? Um, yeah, and, and you know what, yeah. Um, coming on to what you guys, you 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 guys have both just said, in terms of, like the passion, I'm actually a bit worried for Ghana in that regard, because I think there's a certain balance that you're going to need to have, you know, in terms of like not letting the occasion get to you. We hear this so many times in football, and we see teams succumb to the occasion, you know, let tempers flare, you know, let let the passion of the game get a bit too much into. I think tomorrow just has to be a, a game where Ghana just have to be business first and then you can flog Suarez. You know? <laughs> business first and then... You, uh, 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 Dr. Modern, Dr. Mar says, consciousness over you know what. Listen, we're going to need to focus on the game and then you can then flog Suarez. Okay? Wow. If, you, wow. if they do that, there's absolutely no reason. Because think about it. All they need to do is draw. That's what they need. That's what they need and they're through. Don't need a draw, and they're through. You know, I don't see South Korea beating um, Portugal, and even if they do, I'm not. I'm. I'm sure it's not going to be by a load of goals to you know go through above and goal difference. So, all they've got to do is you know have a have a you know a, a comfortable game, you know get a goal, and then you can flog Suarez. I'm not going to lie, I'm Nigerian. You know, no, normally you'd expect me to hate on Ghana, but I can't lie. I'm, I'm backing them. I, I want revenge. Fuck Suarez, man. I, I saw he did to Ivanovic. You know, I, I, we, we've seen all these racist occasions. Listen, I need the blood of Suarez tomorrow. I can't lie. I love the comment that he said about Andre Ayo. He was like, listen, he got the penalty and he missed it, but tomorrow we're coming for blood. You know, listen, man, I, I, I don't know about you, Kuki, but I think we're going to have to link up with our Ghanaian brothers tomorrow and really give them some support. Hey, man, yeah, yeah. We're giving them support. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm not I'm not supporting Ghana. Sorry. Um <laughs> 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 I'm not supporting Ghana, man. I supported them in the first game against Portugal, but now enough is enough, man. I need, I need part of football, so you know he's got, he's got to hold that one um, tomorrow. Uh, but if Suarez does get dusted, I'm not going to be mad. You know, that's that's what I'll say. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not, a, I'm not, hey, not if supporting gets Ghana. Nunes gets dusted too. Yeah, man, Boy, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna eat either way, basically. I'm gonna eat either way. I'm gonna eat either way. So I'm gonna eat either way. Yeah, next question. So Januga95, he says, what kind of outrage can we expect from both Germany's and Belgium's public and FA when the players get back home? You know what, yeah? I actually Belgium. know a Belgian guy. Huh. I actually know a Belgian guy, and they've been very supportive of yeah, Lukaku. Say, Belgium is not like Germany. I don't think they'll be outraged. No. Yeah, I, th- I think and they two, knew it was coming to the end. And Exactly, and two, I think they knew it was coming to an end. So I think in that regard, I think when you look at a country like Belgium, a population of 11 million, you know, I'm sure in the history of their football in the um, side, I don't think they've really expected to get as far as for, th- for them to, you know, get third place in the World Cup, you know, see some good football. I guess the next step was for them to win one, but I don't think they could be too angry. Of course, it's a disgrace to get knocked out of the group stages, but I don't think they have any sort of right to be like, actually uh, outraged because they don't have any like football heritage on like a Germany, you know, like Germany, this is a country that have won the World Cup on numerous occasions. You know, they've actually got football and heritage. So I can understand them being angry and I'm expecting them to probably flog the team. But even then, you look at what Germany did, you know, in terms of their performance, I don't think it was outright disgraceful. There was some disgrace, but it wasn't outright disgraceful. Like, they, 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 you can actually see there's actually some sort of platform for them to go upon and push into the Euros because that's in 18 months' time, you know. 
the likes of Florian Wirtz, you know, another fantastic talent. You know, I know a lot of people have been speaking about Musiala, Gavi and um, Pedri. He's right up there with them. You know, you look at what he's done, you know, Leverkusen carrying them. That's another talent. Um, Adeyemi Mukoko, they're going to have 18 months of um, international football and club football under their belt going into the Euro. So I think even with them, as Angle are going to be, and German, and obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can imagine that they're going to be a bit more, they're going to be a bit more fused than they were from the last World Cup when they were knocked out, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, and you know, Dave, man, I like you, but I'm sorry. Um, Belgium are like Spurs, man. You know, they got to this stage and they're just happy. <laughs> Happy to be here. It's kind of like that. So they're not gonna. It's like when Spurs were achieving achieving things under Pochettino and not quite getting there. They weren't super upset when, in the end, it kind of like stopped because it was like, well, we didn't expect to be here. You know, we've not been here before. So I think that's that's that where it is. Speaking, that is on a night when your your team, your your nation has embarrassed you, brother. Your nation had you looking for the Nigerian passport. <laughs> I hear it, but, but you the Nigerian passport just an hour ago. So let's let's relax. Hey, I, I love that. football, you know, because it, it, it really brings out the nastiness in, in us. Hey, listen, I know I know German dance Keep, the target. I'm not a nice guy, man. <laughs> I'm not a nice guy. I know Joe and paid a target on Dave's back for that, man. I've seen the way he's looking hey, at the camera, man. I didn't hear what you said because I broke up, but I saw you man laughing, so I'm going to have to listen back. And you know, I'm, I got something. To hey, you know that Homer Simpson meme? Of, you know, he's got the headphones on, he's looking at his phone, listening. And I was going to be damned hey. t- tomorrow morning, wanting to hear what, what David said. I'm, right, I'm gonna okay, be man. there, right, but yeah, that's, that's right, what I think. I don't have no right, you know. I don't, you know, they're just yeah. that. I don't think the expectation was ever there. It was kind of like we we're hopeful they achieve something. Germany, man, they're gonna get pumped, you know, they're yeah. gonna get pumped. Um, yeah. there's probably more enthusiasm than last time when Liv flopped, but as Bab said, but you know, German, German media is, is, is very direct, it's very critical. It's not like when. When you watch England playing, they don't play that well, and you know people are still trying to be positive. That doesn't happen in Germany. Uh, that doesn't happen in Germany. So <laughs> um, when they when they really flop, um, they they're gonna get it. Um, even when they play well, sometimes they get it. So there's absolutely no way they're gonna be holding back on them. Yeah, fair play, man. Um, so life of Bodge, um, he's asked. Watching back-to-back failure for Germany at major tournaments, who would you say is to blame? I think we covered that one at the top of the show, so we'll not get back into that um, right now. And then Prash on the score. I'd, I'd love to get back into that one. <laughs> uh, I think I think Dan I think Dan's touched on it. You know, he wants to he wants to get the Mullers out, etc. Um, get rid of the old guard, get the new ones in. Um, to be fair, so, maybe we can get Tuchel in. You know, show Grandpa how to manage a football team. Oof. I like that. I like that. You know, I'm expecting that touchy Guna title charge to be coming soon. So, listen, man, I'll, I'll be there if it, if it doesn't happen. That's all I'll say. We ain't, we ain't running. Don't man. worry, and I'll be there. Believe in. We ain't running. We ain't running. Don't worry, man. Believe Hashtag believe. Yeah. Um, Press underscore CFC, he says, which players do you think will get big moves in January based on these World Cup performances? Hmm. You know what? 
the only one for me is um, Gakpo. I don't, I'm not not his biggest fan, um, but he he scored three goals in the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? He scored in consecutive games. Um, he's got his country through to the next round. So I think him, but I'm actually thinking through all the players that, are, that have stood out to me. They're all players that are kind of settled and I don't think they're going to be on the move in January. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, you know, whether it be even, you know, I know he's done now, but even like Musiala, you think oh, no one's going in for him, you know. Mm. Um, uh, Saka, Foden, like, you know, just the players that have done well and and and... I don't think there's been a breakout star yet. Um, I do like um, Amabat from from Morocco. Um, I think he's a very good player. Um, I know we were linked with him uh, quite a bit, I think, in the summer. Um, and some reports started again over the past couple of days. We'll see if that happens. But, hey, Paratici might be in jail in the next week. So, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Boy. Boy. <laughs> I, need, I need him in there with Conte. I know when Conte goes in jail, they're, they're taking that wig away from him, man. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I don't, I don't know about January, but um, I think Yunus Musa has really played himself into um, a potential move away from mm. Valencia. I've been really, really impressed with his performances in that group stage at just... Um, uh, 19 years old, I think he is as well, or he might be 21. Um, but yeah, he's he, he's been very, very good. And um, I think him and Tyler Adams actually have, um, you know, I think they've got bigger clubs um, on their horizon in the near future. What about um, what's his name? Kudus, is it Kudus from Ghana? Oh, Kudus yeah, well, from, from Ajax. I was, I was, I was gonna say, say him because yeah. I've seen him linked to Liverpool, but. I'm not sure if they'll he'll move in the January window, but you look at where Ajax are at the moment, you know, a team in transition after being absolutely ransacked by United. By United. I wouldn't be surprised if they were happy to let him go for a bit of an inflated fee. And I wouldn't be surprised, I wouldn't be surprised in that regard, but Arabat is another one, you know, in midfield. But I think one that really sh- shouts out to me in, in a weird way is um, Mediterremi at Porto. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of teams that need a striker and he's shown that he can be a focal point up top for, for a team, you know, He's proven in the Champions League already as it is and doing it again for Iran, you know, scoring goals against um, England and getting an assist against Wales. I think he's a player that if you're a team that needs a second striker, you know, or you're in a bit of a transition phase, like maybe even a United, you know, don't have, we don't have a striker. I think maybe he could be a guy that they could go in for and have as like a kind of like a scoped up guy because even with, um, with Gakpo, um, again, I'm not his biggest fan. Um, I think, one thing I would give him praise for, he's very, very good at ball striking. You know, that, that that's something that with any attacker, if you have that as a mastered from a young age, is a really, really big weapon to have, you know, whether it be, you know, scoring goals or like even delivering balls to the box for like, for like assists. So him him there, but he's a bit he's a bit more of like an expensive side. So I'm not sure if you're not do that in the January transfer window. So I'd be surprised if maybe a Mediterranean, you know, he's earned a move potentially. Mm. Yeah, fair play, man. Fair, fair play. For, for um, me, the, the standout is definitely or, Kudos. By the way, I think I think mm, if if Ghana progress, I think he could uh, win Young Player of the Tournament. Mm, that's not a bad shout at all. Not a bad yeah, shout. Not at all, man. Not at all. Mm. So, official Lisa S. She says, um, "Are Havert, Ziyech, and Pulisic good for sure? Who? Lisa S. That's what I said. Lisa S. Okay. Yeah." What do you know her? Who said it's her? Yeah, 
Well, it's, it's, it's Lily, Lilith Lendeba is what her name is. On I don't know who that person is. Right. Well, I don't know. He, he let's, like... let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on, officer. Let's move on, officer. Man was about very... getting indicted there, boy. <laughs> Fans, yeah, I don't know. He was very interested in that act, you know. I don't know. But official Lifa S, you know, if you're if you're listening, you know, maybe Babs, maybe slide into one of Babs's DMs. Okay? Hey, 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 yeah. hey, 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 this is a football podcast, brother. <laughs> 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 right, <'cause... laughs> consciousness over. Right, are Havertz, Ziyech, and Pulisic good football players? Is it simply that their profiles and or playing styles are not suited for Chelsea FC? That's one for you, Babs. I'm letting you answer that. That's you, Bob. <laughs> Boy, I mean. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> I'm generally dumbfounded. Like I, I'm lost. I don't know what to say about these guys because I've seen these guys all simultaneously perform to a high degree and then stink on the next day. But on the other hand, I think on a more serious note, I think one of the biggest issues with us is we just have so many players that nobody's going to get a consistent run of games to really like play through bad form and, like, really, like, put the name out there. You know, like I look at even, like, a, a, a Saka, you know, early last year. I don't think he was performing amazingly, but what Arsenal did was they gave him the platform to continue to play, and he had an amazing end of the season, you know, following the, the really good starts of the season he had. And at Chelsea, when you've got so many bodies in, in your attack, you're just going to be constant rotation, you know. And I just feel like in any good attack, you know, at the top level, you actually have a consistent, like, four guys, maybe, Maybe five, but at a stretch. But I think it's it's normally four. You know, you're three plus one. You know, a guy that can come off the bench and potentially change things up or rotate for the guy off the bench. But when you've got what Ziyech, you got Havertz, you got Broha, you got Werner, you got Lukaku, you got Pulisic, you got Hassan Adur, you got so many names that nobody can really like have a consistent run of games. And then with these same names, you know, for their Hassan nation, who? brother, <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you look at those names that you just mentioned, you know, Pulisic, Ziyech and Havertz. Those guys are all mainstays for the nation. You know, they're able to play through bad form. They're able to really, you know, get a run of games. They're able to, you know, develop consistency in front of the in front of goal and playing the attack. And they're able to, you know, showcase what they've got to do. Personally, I'm not against them leaving and fucking off. But I wouldn't disagree with what they're saying, the fact that they've got some sort of ability in even the smallest, you know, cases for some of them. Mm. Yeah, fair play, man. Fair play. And then, yeah, that was our last question. So, guys, I thoroughly enjoyed this recording. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening. Babs, Dan, Dave, thank you very much for joining me. All good, brother. Hey, thank you, man. That, that, that was a blessing, man. That was a blessing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And then, um, you know, listeners, uh, we'll just say... Our readers... Uh, yeah, use the hashtag touchline fracas. Um, nah, please get just, the hell out of here, man. I'll just say, I'll just say, Alfred Zane to everyone here. Um, Alfred Zane to my guy, German Dan. Alfred Zane to the German national team, man. We'll catch you hey. in four years' time, man. Hold that, yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh my god. Man.
Podcast Network.